0: Link 63, The Deep Dark, recorded in Mono. Inspiration. Hey, welcome back everyone. This is Reese 7 Another week has gone by, and I am actually going to kind of rewind a bit. And my inspiration for this podcast happens to come from an event that happened back in October. And what is unique about the event in October was it was based around portals. Now, what happened was the Esplanade here in town, which is our arts and cultural center, put on a really interesting and very creative Uh, installation piece in one of the natural preservation parks in town uh, down at Police Point Park and it was titled The Deep Dark. What I loved about The Deep Dark, I love walking the trails. Scully and I will often go out daily and find a trail to hike on and very rarely do you go into these natural preserve areas uh, in the middle of the night because they're just so dark and you don't know what wild animals or people you might encounter so these posters were up and these billboards were up all through town and what really was kind of exciting was just the deep dark is exactly how you feel you're going into this really nature heavy area you don't know what you're going to encounter and there's these portals and what i love about a portal is portals are fascinating so there's portals on two-dimensional space three-dimensional space four-dimensional and like it just it's interesting so for me I look at it so like the definition of a portal is a website or web page providing access or links to another site so that would be your 2d type of portal it's a flat surface you're just kind of skipping to the next page which presents its own unique environment and then you go click on something else that's the next portal and you're off to another page which presents its unique features Uh, the other one is a three-dimensional space which is your doorway a gate or other entrance and oftentimes they'll really kind of make it an imposing one now the portals that you encountered down in the park weren't they weren't imposing but they were doorways and entrances into the unknown and what I loved about them is you could see them off in the path there is 15 of them and you they were just these doorways that were illuminated in the darkness and as you approached them your eyes dilated so much that when you passed through the doorways it was pure blackness and we went out on a full moon so Actually, the landscape you could see around. You could see where the trees, where you could see uh, a nice subtle glow of the moon across the grasses, and there were these doorways, these beautifully white lit doorways throughout the path, and you could see them in the distance, and they were very mysterious. And they, I like if I felt like I was a bug attracted to a light. I just had to go closer, and everyone did. So we would walk over to one of the portals and as a person in front of you would go through, the light would cascade over their body and make it look like they literally jumped through time. And we knew that they were just on the other side of the doorway in the three-dimensional space, but it triggers the imagination and the concept of conspiracy theories. And I'll get into that end of it in a minute But it was just so beautiful watching that light cascade over the different, it it took a cross section. It was like a scan as the light kind of just hovered and uh, sliced the different parts of your body with its ribbon of light. And it really just energized my imagination on how many portals we constantly go through. And we don't think anything about it. Like a doorway is a portal. And how many doorways do you go through in a day? And we never really give it much thought. But on the creative side, it's fascinating. And on the conspiracy theory side, I really find that if you were going to target a time, that the concept of the portal being the one of the most iconic kind of conspiracy elements would be that World War Two era when you hear of, just crazy things like the Nazis discovering uh, or developing a base in Antarctica. uh, They were developing like US UFO type of technology. And supposedly they discovered an entrance into the center of the earth, which then leads to the conspiracy theory of uh, the earth is hollow and there's an earth within the earth uh, concept. Uh, You get other uh, conspiracy theories where like, for example, Mel's Hole where Mel Waters uh, was a resident of Manita- Manistash Ridge over by Ellensburg, Washington, where there was this well on his property. And for years, while all the neighbors and everyone around just kind of recognized that this well always existed, they didn't know how deep it was. And what they would do is they would just constantly just throw their trash into this well and never hear anything drop they would never hear the the end result of that fall and all the wildlife around like birds wouldn't fly over it and dogs wouldn't go near it uh and of course then you bring in the government and that whole conspiracy takes shape uh on its own and of course you can't have a good conspiracy theory without the government being involved uh, one of my personal ones, especially involving like the concept of the fourth dimensional portal, which would be you're traveling through time and space, would be the uh, classic one from 1943, which was the disappearance of the USS Elridge, which was the teleportation and invisibility of the warship, the USS Elridge uh, from Philadelphia to Virginia. Now, There's not a whole lot known about this experiment, but it's kind of like one of those classic uh, conspiracies that it's just urban folklore or I don't know really where to side on it. Like, of course, your imagination would love to believe that there's something that rich about it. And that's why I go back to like the World War II era of the one with like the portals that are just so fascinating To be able to go through time and space, and of course, then uh, travel dimensionally through through space itself. Um, And what I so getting getting to this that experiment caused when when the boat reappeared caused all the crew to basically be uh, fused into the hull of the ship. It had made it so people's body parts were actually part of the ship because they were infused and in great pain. Nobody survived and they lost these two brothers. And what happened was these two brothers, they kind of thought were dead or were lost or jumped ship. Uh, but in fact, what ended up happening is they traveled 40 years into the future and ended up on uh, the East end of long Island in a secret military pace, which, created a whole different conspiracy theory on the Montauk project. Now the Montauk project is actually the one that I find really fascinating because what happens on that long Island base, that military base is they were trying to take people with like psychic abilities and kind of project and, and look at different things and, the island got cleared out, this military base got cleared out, because they opened up a dimensional portal that caused this beast to come in and create uh, all sorts of havoc. Uh, speaking of portals, I've got a phone call, we're going to put pull, press pause and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And It's funny, as we're talking about portals and stuff and this phone call arrives, you get an audio portal uh, that you're connected to somewhere else in the world. Uh, Back to what I was saying about the Montauk project is they released this beast uh, out of this portal and it cleared out the entire military base. What happened from there is you get a show, and so this is like the... Uh, very early 80s I believe 1983 is when this whole Montauk project kind of came to a climax and so we fast forward to 2020 2018 I believe it was when Stranger Things came out takes place in the early 80s throughout the 80s with the upside down and of course you get these like crazy beasts uh, that live in the upside down that hunt whoever's there and it's loosely based off of these weird portal conspiracies from the nineteen forties, nineteen eighties, that all come back to this, uh, this this time travel and this this completely different um, way of traveling through time and space. It's fascinating. Uh, I get caught up in it, and so of course. Lately, I was very fortunate to come across a channel on YouTube that I've really liked and I recommend that if you want to know some conspiracy theories or just really interesting stories about paranormal activity, uh, outer space, space aliens, whatever, the topic what I love about is the viewers decide what the topic is going to be and they kind of voted out or vote to and, and recommend and once, Uh, A.J. Giles from The Y Files gets enough votes for certain topics. He researches it. What I love about the way A.J. does everything is he puts together these really fascinating stories. So I grew up where my parents were uh, teachers and my dad was an English teacher and everyone loved how he read. What I loved myself was I, I had him as my personal reader. And he would read stories to us. And I remember him reading the Hardy Boys when we were younger. And the way he would animate his voice and get... You you believed that if you closed your eyes and you listened to my father read, he was all the different characters and knew their personalities and what made them tick. So when he would deliver their lines or talk about it, it was very expressive. And you just... It, for me, it was the first experience of amazing voice acting, and I loved listening to my dad read. Well, fast forward now 40-plus years, and I get to listen to guys like AJ who deliver these amazing stories, and you want to hear more. They're, and the, what I like about them is they're not overly long. like They range from about 16 minutes to 35 minutes, depending on the topic. And what he does that really kind of is a lot of fun and humor to me is he's got this pet goldfish in the shot. So he sits down at his desk and he's talking to the viewer and explaining the story and he's got this pet goldfish that's over on the side and on the side, uh, his name is Hecklefish. Now Hecklefish is literally the inner voice of every conspiracy person uh put through this character and so he'll he'll voice and add communic value and and voice whatever internal thought a uh, true conspiracy conspiracist uh would actually have uh i get such a charge out of it whenever he mentions the government he has to have aj put on a tinfoil hat over top of his little fish bowl and protect him from the government being able to listen in on his thoughts it's to me, it's really funny. I highly recommend it. Now, the reason I recommend the Y files of all things, if you're wanting to actually go down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories and understand kind of what's out there and 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 know what's out there and let your imagination kind of uh, generate all sorts of thoughts. What I like about the Y files is they provide balance. So they'll give they'll deliver the story in a very compelling way that by the time he's done the story, you believe this is the truth. But there's always a but. And the last uh usually. 10 minutes, depending on the video. So we'll say it's a 30 minute video. The last 10 minutes is usually all of the information that had come out that contradicts the story and the facts of where the story might have deviated slightly through time and how it had pulled from science fiction novels and uh, science fiction literature. You get all sorts of people that used to work in uh, highly classified areas weigh in on it they either support it or deny it and he breaks it down and that's the part that i really appreciate a lot about aj delivering these conspiracy theories is it's fun to know what's out there it's fun to understand that we might not know everything based off of what's being kind of projected out there as we've this we've discovered with how a person can look at Uh, one story from multiple vantage points you want to get as much information as possible and that's what I really appreciate about those Y files so if you really are kind of into that there I'll provide a link to his uh, YouTube uh, channel so you can check out anything you want to at this point now back to the park so I'm in Police Point Park and I'm watching everyone go through these portals and It makes me think of, so the idea of time travel would be kind of cool, terrifying. And as we walk through the deep, dark uh, door frames that, once you got through and it was all black, I remember thinking for a brief second, what if I turn around and the doorway's no longer there? And that would be... Like it's, it's moments like that. Like it's these installation pieces that I find so fascinating. This is the type of thing that if you were creative on writing or storytelling you can make these amazing stories of what would happen to the characters next and so while we were walking it was fun like my dog was terrified of it Scully poor Scully would not want to go through any of these and this is just before Halloween which is perfect because uh, everyone was in the spirit and it was such a popular weekend that we went that we actually had to park way up on the very top of the hill and walk in a fair distance before we came across the first doorway and it was interesting because they held these glow sticks in the trees and it was so dark going down there that you would see these like little tubes almost like orbs floating in the trees and if you turned, like if you kept your flashlight on your phone off it was actually very unnerving going through like you couldn't see the ground you didn't know where your next step was going to be you were in this complete deprived uh environment of visual and for an artist like myself visual is so important and when you're deprived of that visual reference you're so uh hesitant on your next step and you your imagination starts to kind of run a bit like you pick up sounds your hearing improves so you hear things in the trees and the bushes beside you that you probably wouldn't have heard if you were walking during the daylight and could visually see you wouldn't be paying attention to the sounds nearly as much and it really added to the excitement and the uh anticipation of getting to the doorways and of course when we got there everyone was just so excited that once they saw the first doorway, they just sprinted to it. They just, it, it it was like a a mirage. They, they couldn't believe what they were seeing and they would run through it. Now, when we got to, I believe it was around door number 10. I, the whole concept of portals just kept stirring in my head constantly. I just, that's all I could think of is like, where am I referencing all these portals? And, then I got thinking too like what if you all of a sudden have like so when we th- we think of death there's that portal that we believe uh, we all of a sudden leave this earthly body and transcend into something else whether it's reincarnation or uh, an afterlife in the heavens or in the in the flaming pit of hell uh, or there's the other kind of atheist viewpoint of it's just done so that's the that's the lamest uh portal i could think of is if you walk through and you know it's just black and dark and you're done and deprived of everything that that doesn't work for me so i i like to think of that next step will be interesting but before we go all the way to the extremes of life and death i get thinking about people that fall into comas And I remember hearing about a conspiracy theory from, I believe, the 1920s, uh, 1924, with Paul Amadeus. uh, And he was a professor that was teaching uh, the German language in Greece and kind of fell ill. And while he fell ill, he kind of went into this coma state and woke up and this is the part, so I'm not going to deliver this story very well. And I highly recommend you go to the Y files to get it. But basically he wakes up in the year, uh, 3,906 and is under a different name. And when the doctors kind of ask him who he thinks he is and what year it is and what country he is, they're surprised to hear that he thinks it's 1924 and that his name is, um, that his name is Paul and they just are surprised, but they realize that he thinks he's telling the truth. They give him a mirror. He looks at himself and realizes that he is not that same person. The story gets to be really interesting and it, it's worth a read. There's actually a Kindle book that AJ was uh, putting out and it's, uh, when I send the link out, I will make sure, well, in that link that I'll send to, on this one, there's a link to the book on Kindle. So if any of you are Kindle subscribers or uh, have a Kindle, by all means, take a read on it. Uh, it's an interesting read. But I, I often wonder when people go into those those coma states, what is what are they experiencing? Like, what's on the other side of that? And I don't know anyone personally that I could possibly ask uh, about their experience of being in a coma. I've met a few people that have been placed in medically induced comas and unfortunately uh, did not survive those. So um, it it leads a lot to the imagination. And when you start thinking that the concept of consciousness might be able to... uh, uh, jump from this time to a different time because a lot of people believe that the time is not a linear concept, that it's actually a lot more sophisticated than that. As well as they believe the concept that there are multiple Earths and multiple versions of ourselves living out in different forms, where you might end up being a very wealthy person, a celebrity, or a A dictator or a slave a biologist the the possibilities are endless and I have I haven't even been able to venture down that rabbit hole yet I don't know if I will anytime soon but it's interesting how one installation piece really stirred up a lot of thoughts on where things are going and I, I think too like uh my parents are traveling right now they're in Mexico and what I find interesting is that that whole thing too is you step on that plane you've just gone through a portal and when you come out of that portal your whole world has changed and we know that you've traveled but it's still it's a portal that has transferred you to a different location and it's it, it's endless and we don't always recognize the value of that that passageway and I I don't know if I'll incorporate something like portals into my artwork uh in the future but it's something that I've definitely been thinking about and who knows where that will eventually kind of lead to like I remember as a kid just loving back to the future and there's another portal and I keep looking back on all the things that I really find interesting and a common thread to a lot of it is this ability to step through the wardrobe into the land of Narnia where uh, it's a completely different world where there's mystical creatures and uh, fabulous settings and scenery and environments and culture that I Yeah, I I really feel like there's something there that I need to kind of allow to germinate and see where that eventually leads to uh, through sketches and storytelling. And I I really appreciate the Esplanade for putting something like that on. It really, for me, was an exercise in... uh, It was an exercise in the imagination that I so desperately needed. And I love... The fact that it was placed in a worldly setting. It wasn't a gallery, an artificial setting where it's almost clinical. This was an organic setting with imagination and physical fitness, interaction, uh, texture, smell, sound. It was the experience. And I really, uh, I, and that's another thing that I've really identified with myself is the value of the experience and I'm I'm really trying to figure out how can I capture that into my art and project that forward I have a couple of ideas on uh, the documentation process so the experience part is being fed but I'm now trying to figure out how do you take that organic uh, element to it so when I'm presenting my work it's not such a clinical sterile Flat delivery, where there's there's more to it, and I really it's these thoughts that are I really find interesting. and I, if you have any suggestions or ideas, I'd love to hear from you. Please uh, shoot me an email. You can reach me through studio studio zero seven at dot uh, org uh, and through the contact page there. I'd love to hear what you think. I'd love to know where uh, uh, you think your portals or where other portals could be. Uh, I sometimes think too that like uh, the lens of a camera is a portal into someone else's world. And it's just, yeah, I, no matter where I look, I, I'm sitting here in the studio right now and I'm looking at the cameras that are up on the podcast mic that I'm like slowly wiring in and getting ready for this to eventually be recorded visually, and I think that that too is—it's uh, an eye, it's a window, a portal that into a different time and space, and one that records. So it, it transcends that time. It'll be a 2D delivery of a portal, but it will be a 4D uh, experience because now you are traveling through time and space into someone else's. In someone else's world, I have no idea who's going to listen to this or or watch this. Uh, I can't believe we a whole another podcast has been recorded, and uh, tonight's pretty exciting. Uh, they've got a midnight madness sale uh, going on downtown in the town center. That too was a real treat this week to see that they've been converting this um, a vacant lot that sat there for decades, a kitty-corner from City Hall, and they've transformed it into a town square. And it's been slow to kind of get up and going. We've been watching the progress for now, it feels like, about two years. I could be off. I know time isn't my best thing uh, to calibrate. But what I've noticed from there uh, is it seems every season they've added another element to it, which makes it really exciting. And the element they've added to it on this this quarter has been the element of light. And it was fantastic. Driving through downtown the other night, they were running some experimental runs on it with the lights and they've got these LED lights. I The technology has come so far that you can do so much with uh, setting an environment for a relatively reasonable cost. Things that were completely unattainable 30 years ago are now... It seems like our imagination is becoming more the limitation than what the technology is. They've got this thing lit up so nice, and I can't wait to get down there. Skelly and I are going to check it out. He's pacing by uh, our front portal ready to get going and uh, checking out the night uh, and see what we can find. So I really encourage everyone to just be conscious of those portals you step through. They're going to change you. Every single one of them is about to change you. And if it doesn't change you physically, it's going to change you mentally, spiritually. And I pray that it is always for the best. And I wish nothing but prosperity for all of us on... Uh, our future endeavors and our creative whims. I would love to hear what everyone uh, is kind of working on and where they're headed. Uh, Until then everyone, this is Re 7 signing out.